Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. Hope y'all are staying safe out there, washing those hands. Really glad that I had a stock of episodes right about now because it has made it a little bit harder to interview people. However, it does kind of give me an opportunity to interview people over the internet and maybe talk to some people that I wouldn't be able to sit down with in person. So on that note, shoot me a DM, send me a message in any way. I'm at Andrew underscore FTW and let me know other people you want to hear on this podcast? Do you like hearing from people only in music? Do you like these other entrepreneurial people? Tell me these things because it helps me so, so much. With that said, this week's episode is with Danny Curley. Danny has lived a pretty crazy life and done a whole lot of things. He has toured with a ton of really, really cool bands, All Time Low, Fall Out Boy, Demi Lovato, Sia, a lot. And on top of that, he has now pivoted into an entirely different field where he started his own company, DK Home Management, where he manages these homes kind of in a lane similar to real estate, but different and cooler in my opinion. So he's got this really crazy story. He tells his whole come up story all in music, how he got started, how he navigated onto these tours, how he finessed and finagled and connected pieces. All of it is honestly really interesting and really cool and he's just such a charismatic fun dude he tells his story really well but with all of that said it made for a really fun episode again please hit me with a dm let me know these things i really want to hear from you guys as listeners i always want to make this podcast better and it really helps for me to understand who's listening and what you're paying attention to so please let me know and also let danny know if you like this episode guests love to hear from you as well he is at danny curly All right, let's get into it. Here we are. Where are all my friends? Sitting down with Danny Curley. And this is a cool one because we've known each other for some time, but we've also lived pretty separate lives. Yeah. Like it hasn't, like we'll see each other and it's always like, dude, what's up? What's good? But it's not like a deep level of like, I don't know so many pieces of your story. And I intentionally like didn't want to dig too. Like we have a lot of mutual yeah. friends and I didn't want to dig too deep because I wanted to hear it organically. I know like the beginning of you and then I know like what you're kind of doing now. Yeah, exactly. Everything else was a bit of a blur. Yeah, because the last time you saw like there was a time where I was touring with Set It Off. Yep. And then it was like, oh, hey, I live in LA now. What up, man? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. So like, I kind of love exactly that because... I know enough of your story where I'm like, I know you've done a lot. I know you've accomplished a lot, but I don't know the pieces of it. Sure. And I just have the feeling that you're the perfect guest for this podcast where it's like, you've kind of taken this alternative path. You've accomplished a lot and you've done it all kind of on your own roadmap. And that's my favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, you're, yes. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm stoked. Uh, For anybody listening that doesn't know who you are before we get like deep into it, a brief explanation of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, So I guess uh, I would say majority of people that probably know you would know me through um, the band All Time Low. Yeah. Uh, I toured with them from 2008 until, I mean, kind of now on and off. Yeah. Um, uh, Recently, I guess in the last two years, um, I've kind of moved a little bit further away from touring um and we'll get into that later uh and now i own my own uh house management company out in los angeles so i manage 
um, people's houses and staffs and estates. And- Which, to my understanding, has been popping off, right? Yeah, it's doing well. It, it was like it's. It was kind of like one of these things where it was like a slow build, like almost like you're going up on the roller coaster. Yeah. And I would say like the last year, it's just been kind of like nonstop, which is, I mean, great. Yeah. Well, again, and to the point of this podcast, like I love these stories and I love hearing about that because it's really cool to me to hear these origin stories almost, but then to hear people that come from music that go on to do crazy big things. Yeah. Because that's happened so much. We have so many friends where it's like, I mean, I love to hear come up stories of musicians that blow up, but it's also kind of here to be like, kind of cool to hear the, I was in music and now I'm doing this and it's sick. Yeah. And I think when I first started music, I was like, this is it. Yeah. This will be the rest of my life. And I was super stoked on it. Yeah. Um, And obviously that has shifted and changed, but uh, yeah, it's been a journey. Yeah, dog. Well, cool. That's, I think that's a perfect explanation, at least to start. So where I love to start your story story is wherever the time in your life of finding that thing, like probably something having to do with music, but just getting outside of like the normal stuff in school or whatever, like where you found that spark to be like, I'm going to chase this. Sure. Um, yeah, I guess it was, uh, trying to years ago i feel very old by by (laughs) saying how many years ago it was but um i mean i was in high school and i was in you know uh some shitty bands and uh, oh so you played oh yeah i was like i played bass um, yeah and i was like yeah this is great like this is fun and where did you grow up uh detroit okay so like we had a very at least when i was in high school um our like local music scene was incredible like really yeah like you know my friends bands and stuff like it Nobody would like think twice about drawing like a thousand kids to a whole show, what? like a Knights Dude. of Columbus. Yeah. And like, it was just like straight DIY and like, you know, uh, bands would, everybody was on like half stacks. And so like, you'd only have vocals through the PA and like every, no mics on drums, but like, it was just a thousand kids would show up and that's it, what everybody did for the weekend. Do I understand why that's insane. Yeah. It, I mean, it was incredible. Um, <laughs> and now like with the internet kind of taking off and stuff like that, like, I feel like there's less of a a local scene now. Like, I feel like you go from like startup artist to somebody likes you at Interscope or whatever and you're signed and yeah. Well, it's really weird, right? Because like, I I try not to be the old guy that like buries his head in the sand and is like, no, it's different and I don't like it. Because I love what's happening with music right now and I love seeing that people are able to self-produce and make their own music, upload it, make money. Like, that's sick. Yeah. But I do agree that at least in my kind of like youth, early teens, going to local shows, finding that community and like having those odd pockets of yeah. wherever you grew up where it was like, oh yeah, here's just a thousand people that and love like, the same thing. It's crazy to think about like some of these bands like uh, like My Chem, Fall Out Boy, All Time Low, like these bands all did that. Like they all yeah. did like these local shows and they would like trade other band, you know, like if you're from Baltimore, like you trade like somebody in Detroit and like you guys swap shows. And yeah. Like, that's how it like happened. Um, and that I don't think ever will it happen again. Yeah. You might be right. Like, right? like touring, I think will always exist, yeah. but that level of you had to like kind of outsmart the, not the internet because the internet wasn't there. Like you just had to, you had to figure it out. You yeah. Had to figure it out was like, like DIY at its like purest form. Yeah. Damn. Okay, so that was your start. You were playing in yeah, a band. Yeah, playing in bands. And I was like, this is cool. Um, you know, like, this could be a fun life. And, you know, did some small tours and, like, not really, like, making any money. It was more of a hobby. But it was definitely, like, a passion. You know, I was like, I really dig music. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like uh, going to those warp tours and stuff. And 
I think I was more um, into like the backstage area. Uh, and not even so much like, oh, I'm backstage, but like, oh, like, what's this guy doing? Like, why is he like, like, I was into guitars and like those things, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, maybe like there's a different opportunity. Because uh, the idea of your band getting signed and being successful enough to make a living off of it is, I mean, I think it's kind of like a needle in a haystack. It's, yeah. Um, and so I uh, basically was in these bands and wasn't really doing anything with it, you know, like we were doing shows and like slowly getting bigger, but like, I didn't think I was like a hundred percent in, you know? And I was like, if I'm not a hundred percent in, then I'm probably not a hundred percent going to make it as the, this a career. That's some self-awareness, right? Yeah. There. And I was like, I mean, I was like, what, like 18 at the time? Yeah. Uh, 19. Um, and so, uh, there was another band in, uh, Michigan that had just gotten signed to an indie um, and because of like the whole local scene, I knew them and they knew me. And Would I know that band? Uh, Every Avenue. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. So they were one of the first bands I toured with. Whoa. Um, and they had just gotten signed to. Uh, Is it Fearless? Yeah. Fearless. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we're going on a tour. Like we need a TM, PM, merch guy, drum tech, what? I mean, everything. Just crew. They and they were like, it, yeah. we can't, like, we're not making any money. Like we can't really pay you. But if you want to come, like. I needed experience, yeah. you know, like no one's going to, and even now, like after like starting my own business and stuff, like everybody cares about proof of concept. Yeah. It um, feels like the practical experience and the know-how is so much more important than the formal education at times. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, like if I'm going to, you know, be taken seriously and get larger tours, I need just to tour. Okay, like so you was, were pretty self-aware. Like, you kind of yeah. saw, like, a progression. Yeah, I, I definitely, like, saw where I wanted. Like, I was like, I want to be on a bus, and I want all these things. Yeah, and so I, you're in music enough where you're seeing that big bands are touring in buses, yes. and they're getting signed, yeah. and they have these crews. Yeah. Like, you're starting to put together the pieces. Yeah. Okay. And I would, like, go, I would, before, like, I even, this Every Avenue tour, I would go, like, to shows of, like, Thousand Cap Rooms. Like, I saw Panic! at the Disco at this venue called Clutch Cargos, and it's like yeah. an 1100 1, cap room. And I helped, it was like snowing, and they didn't have a runner. And I ended up like talking up with their TM at the time and like ran to get them food and pizzas. And then I helped like load this trailer with this other tech. And it was just like, I just wanted to be in it. And yeah. so I was like, I'll help, I'll do whatever. Um, and so then, yeah, went on tour with Every Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and it was probably like, I don't know, three weeks long. Um, Midwest, we went to New York and everything like that. And uh, we were in a 15-passenger van. Yep. It was a uh, like the Dodge Ram version. Oh. Yeah. It wasn't it's a like rare a, breed Yeah, it right wasn't there. a fancy Ford. <laughs> Definitely wasn't the Chevrolet. Dang. Um, but I, I almost would say that the Ford, I almost preferred a Ford over a Chevrolet wow. until later. I, okay. I respect the Express. I feel like the, the Ford <laughs> ones always had like a weird smell in them. Okay. You know? Yeah. I can't. You're just like, I can't oh, this is a band's band. That. Like it smells like yeah. ish. <laughs> you were in the Ram. Yeah. So we were in the Ram. You we were roughing it. Yeah. And it was a summer tour and like started off fine. Things were going cool. And that was like my first, I mean, we were sleeping on floors. Um, I was making tip money from merch and stuff and buyouts and that was it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but it was awesome. Yeah. Like it was like in its purest, like me in that purest form, like if I could bottle what that felt like, 
spiritually relate to yeah. that. What year? Like what era uh, was this? That was probably 2007. Wow. Yeah. Two, yeah. Yeah. 2007. Just a magical time. Yeah. For- just a magical time in my life. I'd gotten out of like a crate, like a two and a half year relationship with like this oh. girlfriend that I thought was like the one. Kind of like that first. Yeah. That first sort, like yeah. serious thing. I was like, this is great. I'll live in Michigan. Like blah, blah, blah. And then like it all just went <laughs> south real quick. And I was like, okay, like I need to get away. Yeah. So tour was the perfect outlet for that. Love that. And uh, so it was summertime. Um, and I think like probably four or five days into the into the tour, the AC compressor blows on the van. Perfect. Right? Perfect, of course. So then we're like doing windows, right? And but it was like we're driving through like Kentucky, like 10, like it was a hundred degrees out. So anytime we would have to do a drive, like we'd either try to like drive at night. Um, but sometimes you can't. Yep. And so like everybody would just kind of strip down to their underwear and just like sit in this van and just <laughs> If you don't move, yeah, maybe you're just like maybe I your... won't sweat so much. Yeah. And it, it was so bad that um on top of the compressor not working, we had like I don't know if it's cuz of the ram was so short up front or something, but the engine would overheat. <laughs> Unless you uh turned the vents to feet and turned on the heat. Yeah, that's a trick. Yeah, yeah. basically the, the all the heat gets sucked out of the engine compartment <laughs> and blows into the van. So it was like, not only is it like so hot, it's 100 degrees, like it's 120 degrees in the van because like you're just blowing the engine heat. Yeah, you couldn't describe the more, like that's just, that's the van tour, yeah. right? Like 100%, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And you like don't shower. It's like gross, like yeah. through and through it's gross. But I think it also like uh, in a way – Every step further also, like, makes you, I don't know, like, appreciate it more almost. Yeah, I think so. You know, like, if you go, like, Sprinter to RV, RV to bus, you know. Yeah, there's a bandwagon now on these steps. Yeah, yeah, Um, I feel it. And it's also, like, I think that you know that you're doing something, like, I think you can tell if you love it if you can do those van tours and be happy. Right? Yeah. Like if you can be in a 120 degree van sweating and just roughing it and still at the end of the night be like, damn, this is so fun and like loving it. Like you probably have the grit to keep going yeah. and you're not going to no, get no, burnt for out. Sure. Totally. Yeah. So that was your start. That Every was the avenue, start. Roughing yeah. it in the van. Roughing it in the van. So what happens after that tour? Um, so after that tour, uh, you know, they I mean, didn't have really anything scheduled. Uh, it was like, let's go ahead and. Uh, go back to school. Oh, wow. right. So, because uh, I was always like in and out of college, like community college, because uh, I didn't really have a, that's like the default path, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, well, if I'm not going to. Did tour. you have like a major, something that you were going to. Okay. So it wasn't even like super defined. You were yeah. Just, like, no, I switched majors actually um, because I, I don't know, from like general I think I was business and I switched to like general business yeah. because I had to take an accounting class and I was like horrible. Like I was going to fail out of the class. So I was like, yeah. I just need to change my major. It's not required. Good to go. Um, Love that. And so then I basically was like, well, I need to get on a tour. Like I need to do more. Like I need to get on a tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, through the internet, 
Um, I think it was like my MySpace plus Live Journal plus AIM. Yeah, maybe um, a little Tumblr. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tumblr was like like early stages, but yeah. I think like Live Journal for sure was in like full stride. Yeah, and AIM. was Yeah. Oh my ripping. gosh. Yeah, I had a sidekick too. Oh, like, dude, must be nice. Yeah. I never got the sidekick. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, and so I figured out that um, the Alternative Press Tour 2008 was um, coming through. Bands just got announced. Uh, it was All Time Low, who I knew about, but like didn't know anything about them, right? Yeah. Besides the fact that they were on like the playlist at Hollister. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, another band called The Rocket Summer. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, this is, I feel like I, I love this genre of music. Uh, it's a good size tour. Uh, uh, I need to get on this tour. So just started like talking to people on the internet of like, who knows this guy, this guy, blah, blah, blah. And basically like somehow got put in touch with someone that knew the Rocket Summers management. And then I was just like, I think I was just like pretty brutally honest with him. And I was like, hey, like I'm really trying to get in touring. Like I want to be a guitar tech. Um, I would love to come out and work for you guys. Like, you know, the whole spiel. Yeah. Uh, and basically they came back and were just like, hey, man, like, that's great. Like, thank you for, you know, uh, like not in, in, reaching out. Yeah, basically sort of it was just yeah. like, uh, but like we're we're, we're going to be pretty good. Like we already have a guitar tech on this. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what about if you had another guitar tech? No shit. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, no isn't an option. Like I can't be at home. Right. Like life is like depressing as fuck at home. Um, not like. Just because of like the whole relationship thing. Yeah. Um, I was like, I need, I just need to be doing you something. You just had that drive yeah. at that yeah, point. Yeah, I had to like, go. I don't fucking care. Yeah, I, I, I will get on this tour. So I ended up taking um, a call uh, with Bryce uh, from Rocket Summer. And yeah. um, he was like, so what's going on? Like, what's going on, man? And basically I was just like, hey, man, like I'll work for like nothing. Like I just need touring experience. Um, and basically like he was like, cool and it was like all on me like it was like he was like super upfront to be like hey like we just don't have any money to pay you like it's not that like we don't think that you're good and everything but like we just don't have it and so i ended up working um the tour for dms wow yeah but it got me on a bus yeah in a bunk spot dang and i was working for like one of the headliners of the ap tour and you got away from home yeah and it got you experience exactly and at that age it's not like your overhead is that crazy no i mean i was so. living at home at the time um like i mean i had a phone bill and that was about i mean i actually we catering right? like yeah bus stock rider yeah, I um, think back to that all the time where I'm like, how did I live off oh my of God. such little money? Dude. Like pretty happy. Yeah. You were like, this is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I still have like, I take, you take home like a couple hundred bucks like, yeah. out of the tour. You're like, oh, cool. Like I can buy this. It's incredible. Um, so you did it. You, so I did you it. Yeah. Finagled your way finagled in. Finagled my way in. Did not accept a no. It was just like, again, it was like that moment where it's like the bottle, that happiness of like, you know, setting up gear every night on stage. And you're like, this is the coolest thing ever. And also to paint that picture, because like it's funny now, like I do feel old, but I think some of the people listening to this, like don't know that era of like touring and bands. But at that time, like that was the pinnacle, like the alternative press yeah. tour, those bands touring, like that was the coolest thing. Yeah. It at was least like, in like, the, a certain subgenre sure. of people, right? And it was cool because it was like both those bands. Um, Bryce was had just put out "Do You Feel," mm. um, and then "All Time Low" uh, was coming off of "Put Up or Shut Up." 
Oh yeah, uh, that's so big. Right into So Wrong It's Right. Yeah. And so like the buzz around like that tour was like insane. Like I mean, I think we were sold out like 85% of the dates just because like everybody wanted to go see it. That's crazy. But the thing that I that stands out here is you were working for the Rocket Summer. Yeah. And so much of what I know you doing is all-time low. <laughs> so So, um yeah, I basically start it started with with Bryce and did the whole tour with him um stage right and did like the basically like helped the drummer because uh you they didn't have a drum tech okay. helped him and then like did the guitar player stage right and um so tour started uh I, I got to fly out to uh dallas to like rehearse which was like something insane to yeah. me like as like someone paid for my airfare Those to like moments yeah, dude it's magic to like fly to like tour rehearsals um and so we started the tour and Basically, um, I think like the all-time low dudes at the time were probably like 22, 20, 22? Yeah. Young. Yeah. Um, and very, uh, I don't know, like they like to have fun, right? Yeah. Like it was just like a big party. Yeah. Um, and me having never really toured in a bus or anything like that was all about the party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, Did you, were you like sheltered growing up or were you like- um, I mean, somewhat, like, I was homeschooled, uh, like, till junior high, yeah. and then I went to, um, like, normal school, mm -hmm. uh, but I was in, like, a lot of, like, uh, extracurricular activities, Yeah, and so, uh, I mean, I had friends and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, sometimes you'll see those kids that were just, like, full, like, super sheltered, and then they just wild out. Yeah, like, no, no, it wasn't, so like... it wasn't that. Yeah, it was, like, down. Yeah, you I was just, like, happy. this is fun. Like, they always want to party. Like, I kind of want to party right now, too. Yeah. Um, And it was nice because, like, our bus was a bit calmer, like, more relaxed, yeah. you know? So, like, if I didn't want to, like, rage, I could just, like, go back to my bus, but... I mean, by the end of the tour, like, I was doing, like, days off with them. Yeah. And, you know, like. You sleep. just had that Yeah, connection. it was just, like, you know, like, they became my friends. We were kind of on the same wing, wavelength. Um, and that was, like, the AP tour. Damn. Yeah. And it went by, like, so fast. But also, like, I thought it would never end. In, like, the best possible way. Certain ways that you paint, so like, these <laughs> pictures, like, I just feel you it. You just I'm get like, it. God, I so know. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. So, okay, so AP Tour ends. Your boy's with all-time low. Yeah. You're getting your touring experience. Getting my touring. Um, basically, that's when, you know, like, the cycle, um, they had just started the So Wrong. <clears throat> excuse me. <sighs> um, they had just started the So Wrong cycle. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, we had a couple, like, I don't know, a couple weeks off, and then we went, like, right into tour. Damn. Uh, and somehow I basically was like, hey, like, I understand. It seems like your tour manager is teching your guitars. And uh, <laughs> you guys are really on the up and up. Like, you should probably have a guitar tech. Um, and Ruthless. just kind of like, yeah, just, I was like, you obviously need a tour manager still, but he's very busy. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, they basically were like, okay. <laughs> and so they offered me the job, and I was doing all three of them. Wow. You know, like, one boat. I mean, it was simpler times, you know, so sure. we had less guitars and everything. But, um, yeah, and we just started, like, right in a tour. They were one of the first bands to, like, take me to Europe. Damn. Um, so that, like, from there, like, that was just your people. Yeah, like, we were just you, in. Yeah. I was just in. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it, all, it became one of these things where I was like, do I move to Baltimore? Right. Because, like, all my, like, we would always start every tour. Like, the bus would come to Baltimore, and then we would go to, like, wherever. And so I was spending, like, so much time in Baltimore, and all of their friends became my friends. Yeah. I was like, I could just live here. 
I'm like, this isn't bad. It's cool. Like, yeah. Um, and so we toured for um, two years, uh, 2008 and 2009, um, which was like the first, uh, my first warp Tour stint. Like I got a little taste of it. Oh, um, yeah. And as someone who had grown up going to warp Tours, the, the Detroit stop, it was like, oh, we're full circle. Like we've Dude. made it. Dude, again, I couldn't relate more. Yeah. That's and I mean, like, people like talk a lot of shit about warp tour, but like it teaches you how to tour. I am the biggest fan of warp tour because you're exactly right. Like Kevin Lyman and like everything, like you can't be lazy on that no. tour. And especially like the internet was definitely relevant as warp tour was happening. But if you really cared about your band and if you really cared about making it. It was the most obvious no-brainer. Here is a sea of potential fans. And yep. if you work hard, it's there. Yeah. Like what yeah. other what other thing is so obvious in life yeah. where you're like, oh, cool, apply yourself and yeah. like, here's this. Like yeah. I, it was such a magical thing. And I think from like even like I mean, that's a hundred percent right from like the band aspect, but even from like a crew aspect, like having to like unload other people's gear and trucks every day. Yeah. It's like Yo, like, this is kind of, like, bigger than me. Like, it teaches you not to be like, well, I'm a headliner. I'm not going to tell. It's like, yo, like, everybody just. That's so true as well. Because it is. It's not just the bands. It's everybody. Everybody has that work ethic. And it's hot as shit. And it's so much gear. And it's miserable. Yeah. But then again, there's also the sense of camaraderie. And it teaches you to work with people. And, like, at the end of the night, everyone is proud of the work they put in. You ever see um, Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. You know, like, when they tar that roof? (laughs) That's what Warp Tour is. But at the end, they're like cold beers for my friends. And that's exactly like if Warp Tour is a tea, like if I had to make an analogy, it's tarring the roof from Shawshank Redemption. But you get the ice cold beer at the end. <laughs> that's too real. It's I mean, too it, good. That's what it is. But you were also doing it like not only do I understand and love that. But that's so cool that you were doing it with, I mean, one of the most popular bands in that era. Like, if you're on Warped Tour 2008, 2009 with All Time Low, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's, you're, yeah. you're doing it. 2009 was the, um, that that was the year, like, their Nothing Personal record came out, which, like, I, they sold, like, over 60,000 copies, like, the yeah. first week. Which, and, not to steal your episode, but I don't know, maybe you were even at that show, it's crazy how from afar I'm familiar with All Time Low because my touring career starts around 2008. Yeah. Because Cody from Set It Off. Yeah. Uh, that was a Cleveland House of Blues. Yes, dude. Were you there? Yeah. Oh my. So yeah, he hits Alex up yeah. on the internet, asks to sing a song. Coffee shop. Is so, you know, <laughs> and is so fired up from it. He drops out of school in Oberlin, Ohio, comes back to Florida and starts a band, set it off That's with so all my crazy. friends. And he was like, I didn't, I wasn't anything in music. And they were like, yo, we need somebody to come sell merch, whatever. Yeah. So I had like a similar you thing where I was like, this is awesome. I need to get away. Let's go. And that. So like, they are like the, the big brothers. School. Yeah, dude. That's like, yeah. A, a couple days after that. Like that was the moment. So, like, I know, like, I can paint that picture because we started touring 2008, 2009, uh-huh. but All Time Low was setting the bar. Like, yeah. I know what it was. That, like, at that level, from my side, yeah. we were watching the videos sure. and we were watching, like, the if they're doing this and they're touring like this and even, you know, like, their style and everything yeah. was so influential. So, that's where I'm like, damn, that's so sick that you experienced it with them and had the, you know, like, 
the chance to work with the people that were setting the bar. Yeah. That's fucking cool. And I, I mean, it's it's like now that you like explain it like that, like I think about it like a little bit differently. But from my side of things, it was like one of those things where you would like in the spring, you would do like a U.S. tour and we would play like X club. And then in the fall, we would play like the bigger club. And so like you could see like the moment, like it was the pendulum was swinging and it was like, this is great. Like, and we, you know, I mean, it went from uh, like a bus and a trailer to a bus and a truck and then like two buses and two, like, you know, like it's just started to go. Yeah. Um, but. And wait, question there. Yeah. Because I think this is really important. Around that time, touring becomes real in a sense, right? Like you go from like the driving in a Dodge Ram, the AC sure. is broken, you're just miserable with your friends, but loving life. And then you kind of get to that level where there's real demands and you have like a real crew and there's real, like it, it, there's structure. Right. And that's kind of at the time I feel like it weeds like the friends from the real ones out. Sure. Like you can bring your friends to a certain level and yeah. then there's a certain point where you kind of need to step to the plate and like be great at what you're doing. Certain people will skate by, but like, I, I think that that's a very much like a level up moment. And I think that with you, you really did take it seriously. Like along the way, you're loving it, but you were evolving and mastering your craft and like very pro. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to like learn as much as possible. What you was know? that like though, getting to those points? Like, did you have moments where you're like, fuck, I can't do this? Or were you just down for the challenge? Uh, I mean, like I love tasks. Yeah. Like, I love to complete <laughs> tasks, you know? Like nothing makes me feel better than like, oh, I did that. Check that off. Yeah. Like I'm building a deck ne ne next week at my house because it's just like I can do this. Are you a paper to-do list kind of yeah, guy to yeah. get the tangible? Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me strike it off the list. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I I, had, I didn't know a ton of things. So it was like I was I had books and I had like YouTube stuff. And then a lot of it honestly came from – touring with other bands larger bands um especially like on warp tour stuff like to but there's also like this sense of like humility yeah. that i feel like a lot of people have a hard time accepting but it's like if you didn't like if you had to like rewire a pickup and you've never like rewired a pickup like go at go find like the the best tech on the tour and be like hey man like do you have you know time to help me figure this out and majority of people be like yeah like of course um, and so it was just kind of like trying to take in as much knowledge from everything else, um, to like get to a point where I was like, oh, like this is, I'm pretty good at this now. That's cool. Okay. So yeah, you just had the humility and like you were, you were excited and down. A yeah. Cool. All right. So you're getting to the levels, like every time you come back to a club, it's growing more and more. You're just in the swing of it with them. Yeah. I mean, we did. So like that nothing per I mean nothing personal was like a big record, mm -hmm. um, and so we I mean just toured like, yeah, and I mean if you know all time like they're a touring machine yeah um and e I mean back then it was like we would do probably like five or six shows a week wow um and just rip yeah uh but it was I mean it was still it was like great you know and yeah. it was like all that experience and again this is from afar because I don't know it but it really felt like all of the crew and everyone was like so much of family and everyone was excited to be there that it like, I felt like you just kind of set this example of like how to go and yeah. do all, like work hard, yeah. but love it. I think they did like a really good job of it too, where like they weren't the type of band that was like, obviously if you're a tech and stuff like that, you're going to be working and like pushing cases and stuff. And the band like doesn't really do that because they're in the band. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, the hang 
they were all about the hang. And so, <laughs> you know, like days off, like we would spend them together. Uh, after show, we would go to a bar or whatever, spend it together. And they always did like such a great job of um, if you wanted to go out, like people were going out. Yeah. You know, like, and they're all the type of people um, who you want to hang out with. Yeah. So it was like, it was easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, I think that's just what made it so much like they weren't standoffish at all. Yeah. You know, like they took you in and like it was like some I mean a brotherhood, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean it was just basically like we're this big pack that moves around. Yeah. Um did you guys know like was that intentional or was it kind of just like, well, that's what you do? Like, cause you know, they were growing at such a fast rate and kind of like becoming like that big band. Like were you aware to the point where you're like, yeah, like let's set the bar, let's take care of people, or was it kind of just like what felt right? I think it's, I think it's just what felt right, and I, I want to say it's because, you know, a lot of their crew came up with them from the van. Mm. Um, so I think they had somewhat of a, they felt somewhat responsible, like these are our people, you know, like they were here when things weren't as great as they are now. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, let's treat them well. Like they work, they work hard. And so, like, it was just kind of like that hard work deserves, like, reward. That's cool. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it just – it always was. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. So then, continuing on the story, you're touring with them. Touring Shows with them. Shows are growing Shows bigger. are growing. Uh, get to go overseas. They took me to Europe. We went to Australia for Soundwave, Japan, like, all these places that I had never thought I would be able to go to. And now I'm being paid – and like things are being like the flights are free. And so it's just like to to see this world this fast because um obviously like when you're touring, you still want to be as economical as you can. So it's like we would go like Europe to Japan to Australia and then like come back through like Hawaii and do a show there and then back to LA uh, versus like flying back and forth. So um yeah, when we would do like overseas stuff, like you were gone for, you know, six weeks. Wow. And um, I mean it was gnarly. Uh, but it was great. And so, um, as we're finishing up kind of that record cycle, um, they, I remember I was in my mom's kitchen, um, and, uh, something went up on, I think it was like AP.net or something, but it was, uh, the Fall Boy announced a tour, which was the Believers Never Die Part 2, do, uh, <laughs> and basically, like, you know, rumor mill started going. And <clears throat> I remember like talking to people and they're like, yeah, they think like all time low is going to get offered. And I was like, dude, like that would be, I mean, that would be insane. That's, you know, like, yeah. I mean, cause to, to me at the time, like for what our scene, you know, Cork Tree had already came out for them and, yeah. um, Folia Do had came out. And so like, they were the biggest band in the world yeah. to me. Because you know? they were getting like radio. Yeah. That was, I think that was a big differentiation is like all the bands kind of like, you could tell a kid that was into that music, you'd be all time low and Fall Out Boy. Yeah. But a random would know Fall Out Boy because yeah. it was on the radio. Oh, yeah, sure. We're going time. down. You're exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that basically was at, I, I think it was either like it was at the tail end of 2009. Okay. Um, and, we were, uh, it was us and Cobra Starship and Metro Station and Hey Monday. There's four bands on it. And then uh, Metro, Cobra, and ATL would all like rotate spots Whoa. every night, uh, depending on like the market and like where they were stronger and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that put us into arenas 
uh, and like amphitheater, you know, like those things. And it's so like from like a a bucket list standpoint, you're like, yo, I've like unlocked the next level. Yeah, dog. Like I'm like level twenty. Now. Let's go. Um, and I mean, like obviously, like uh, at the time, you know, um, like Pete Wentz was a golden god, and he had his own clothing line, and like was doing all the right thing. Had his own bar. It was just like this yes. dude is in- angels insane. and kings. Yeah, this yes. dude's insane. Like yeah. he's on top of the world. Killing. Um, Did he have the label by then? No. Uh, I don't. Yeah, he, he had to have because um because panic. Oh fuck. Yeah. So yeah. like everything was in like full effects. You yeah. Know? Um, and I was like, we get to tour with. Well, I wonder if he's cool. Like, yeah, dude. Know. Like, yeah. will we become friends with these people? Or are they gonna be like not care? You know, yes, like, dude. And like I remember, like we showed up and like uh they gave us truck space and we had a bus and uh I just remember like we partied so hard with Cobra on that tour because we had like zero responsibilities. It was yeah. like, you had like a 30 minute set. Yeah. And it was just like, it was so much fun. Um, yeah. And like as uh, your support, like you don't, yeah, there's it was nothing easy to, and yeah. like they treated us well, you know, like we got catering and your like production's not that and, crazy. Yeah, like as was, far as it was crew, simple. you're chilling. Yeah. You're like, this is great. Um, and so, yeah, we basically like did that tour. Um, and, through it, um, I kind of, you know, like, I've always been trying to figure out, like, what's next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and not saying that, like, I needed to go anywhere from ATL or anything like that. But, like, I think I was just, like, so open to um, anything that presented itself. Like, I was chasing something. I didn't even know what it was. Can I ask you a question to see if we relate on an even deeper level of that? We can try. Like, the chasing what's next. Yeah. I find that to be such a blessing and a curse because I have that same thing where I'm like, just live in the moment. Enjoy sure. it. Just fucking enjoy it. Be present. And yeah. I'm always thinking about yeah. that. So I don't I, know. Do you relate to that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like, and I think, I mean, as I'm getting older, I'm learning more and more and more that it's not, it's not about like the end game, but kind of the journey in between it. That I, you everyone can, like, says it. Learn and, the most. Yes, dude. It's so hard though. Yeah. And oh, hundred percent. I feel you. So you saying that, I'm like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, check that box. So, um, so uh, I ended up becoming friends with um, Wentz's assistant okay. who was on the tour, tour assistant. They did, she did like wardrobe and all this other stuff. And so I had always um, backtrack shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in like a freshman in high school, I came out to San Diego cool. um, to build like houses for four people in Mexico. What? The- and yeah. And so, but that's when I kind of like fell in love with the LA idea. Okay. You know, like beachfront living, like it's perfect weather. Like yeah. as someone from Detroit, like winter sucks. And so I, I think one of the end game goals was me, for me to live in LA. Yeah. Um, and so became friends with her and basically throughout the tour, um, she had originally started as like a makeup artist and makeup and hair and then got this opportunity to come work for Wentz. Um, and so hadn't been doing that. And she was like, I've done this for two years. I need to go back to what I'm passionate about. And I was like, oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. And she was like, do you, <laughs> she was like, we, I'm going to have to find him a new assistant. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically it's just like me manifesting like, oh, like this would be insane. Um, and so I basically just start like started my campaign to be like, I need this job. Like, it puts me in LA. It gets me, um, wor- you know, working for this massive artist yeah. on a personal level. Yeah. Uh, how do I do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And not that I wasn't happy with all time low. Right. It's just the what's next. Yeah. Like how ba- yeah. Basically build. that chasing yeah. mentality. Um, so we ended up like finishing a tour. Um, I had gotten Pete's phone number on the tour. Like, so we were like mm-hmm. talking and it, at the time I was like pretty into photography. And so like during the show, like I'd shoot their whole set and he would give me like looks like looks like this next move is coming type thing. So like I got some pretty cool photos out of it. I was like, oh, like we're kind of vibing. Like we're not friends, but like basically. Yeah. And so um, I basically set up an interview with his business manager and his assistant out in LA after we finished uh, another all-time low tour. And so then like in my very young mindset, I was like, well, I'm not, I don't really have any money. Like I'm not really making any money like things are going well, but like I'm spending more money now. And I was like, I'll just text Pete and ask him if I can like stay at his house. Like, that's cool. Like he's, he'd be cool with that. Um, and I literally texted him and I said, Hey, I'm going to be here for like two days. Is there any chance I could like crash at your place? And he was like, yeah, totally. And I was like, what? And so, uh, my buddy Nano picked me up and drove me to, uh, his house where I was, I was staying. It's like this house in Beverly Hills, like this Spanish awesome, like it was like a villa, right? As And as a kid from like the Midwest that grew up in like a 900 square foot house, you're like, oh my God. Like, yeah, dude. You have more money than God. Like this yes. is incredible. Yes. And so uh got to stay there, got to have the, the meeting with his business manager and basically like, you know, I somehow like leveraged my way because they were like, oh, we can pay you this much money. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's, I mean, it's doable, but I, you know, obviously wasn't every, thought. everybody wants more, right? <laughs> of course. And so um, I was like, well, how do I, and after like coming through LA a couple times, you're like, oh, it seems like everybody lives in these apartments. And I was like, I, I don't really want to have, like rent seems very expensive for what this is. Yeah, you're not As wrong. someone who yeah. come from Michigan, you're like, oh, like, <laughs> you're like you pay more than like $300 a month for your place? Like, what are you doing? And so I leveraged, I was like, hey, you have that pool house. He had like a detached, like guest, two-story pool house, guest house. I was like, what if um, I'll do it for that amount of money, but I want to live in the guest house? Because I was like, that gives me an extra 15K. Yeah. You know, that I, and it it works out great. Because then I, I mean, what's cooler than a 90210 zip code? That and you're like with him. Exactly. Like if you're going to work with him, it makes sense. And so um, they were like, okay. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, Look at you, yeah. dude. <laughs> so flew back home, like told my parents they were supportive, but I could tell like they were bummed. Yeah. Because it was just like, oh, like I'm literally putting all my things in a car and shipping it across the country. And also, did they understand like t- our level of being like, Pete Wentz. No. Yeah. No, so definitely like, not. No. For you, you're like, no, you don't I, get it. They were like, the I mean, light. I guess you can go be an assistant. Like, yeah. cool. Um, and I think as the all-time low touring got bigger and larger. It helped kind of calm their nerves a bit more because I wasn't in a van anymore. Like, I was getting an actual paycheck. Yeah. They, know, like, they, they could kind of see that, like, yeah. oh, like, while this is a different lifestyle, like, it's, it's, it's doing real. okay it's viable. so far. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, put packed up everything into my Saturn. Perfect. Um, shifted out uh to california yeah uh and then flew out to california to like start this job um which then starts like the pete wentz era 
How long was that? Uh, that started in 2010. And you did that for a while, right? Uh, like 16 months. Okay. Um, so basically, I yeah, flew out and like jumped like right in. But also like this was the time, like if you remember, like after Believers Never Die, that's when Fall Out Boy announced their hiatus. Oh, yeah. So it was like, okay, cool. Like I'm moving out here. But, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, what did you do? And so, basically, I was, like, straight up, like, I mean, I guess I'd call it, like, his personal, like, day-to-day. And, like, he was still, like, doing meetings, DJ stuff. And, I mean, yeah, he still had so much going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, significant other. So, like, helping with her stuff. They had a kid. Bronx was, like, a year and a half, two years old. Um, and so, it was just, like, full-on, like, house, you know, management of calendar. And, uh, I mean, down to, like, groceries and everything like that. But... Uh, it was, I was in LA. I was like, I was living it. Right. Yeah. And so I think the, the downfall to that was, um, I hadn't spent enough time in LA before moving out there. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved out there, I had no like chill period. It was like straight into work. Yeah. And you know, me wanting to do like as good of a job, but also like living on the property, like kind of always available yeah. uh, to help or, you know, work on this, whatever. You were so always on. Yeah, I was just like working a ton. And so I think like eventually it it started to like burn me out mm-hmm. because I didn't have really any support system right. around me. Yeah, like you were kind of the lone ranger, like where you went out on your own, you did Right, it. and it was like, like I was trying to make friends, but it was like I was working so much that I couldn't. And then like I kind of knew these people from touring or those people, but like they all had other things or they were touring. And so like no one was really home. And so like it got like kind of gnarly at a, at a point. Which um, is also a weird thing to talk about because – on paper like it's those moments where you're like your friends like what dude pete Wentz, you're out in call like california la on paper it's amazing oh my god yeah and then it's like this weird feeling where you're like wait how is this taxing me how am i yeah like not how is this breaking this right now 100 percent. and i think it's one of those things where um if you look at like uh for touring my mom always called touring the golden handcuffs Mm. because um it's so hard to break out of because not many other jobs pay you as much money yeah. to do. I mean, because it is, it's a, it's a hard life. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Travel is hard. And you're not touring 52 weeks out of the year. Right. So when you're paid, you're almost paid in a way that would keep you sure. going. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think with, you know, like the, it's just like that grass is greener syndrome, I feel, you yeah. know, like while it's amazing like everything still takes like water and you have to like work at it yeah and i just got like really burnt out because i couldn't really i couldn't go anywhere because i was like working yeah and so i didn't really have like a ton of friends and then like i started drinking like a fair amount because it was like well i'm home alone yeah like what else are we gonna do yeah um and so i think like that's like it was a great job and like a great you know era of my life but also, like, I just don't think I was ready for it. Yeah, it wasn't the right circumstance. Yeah, like, I, I was just, like, I was so focused on, like, chasing the next thing that it wasn't, like, hey, like, live in this for a little bit. And then also, like, maybe, like, develop some more roots if you're going to, like, move across the country. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because how old are you at that point? Uh, 20, I turned 25 when I was working for him. But yeah. he did throw me a dope birthday party at Angels and Kings. 
Holy. So. Can I tell my full circle? Yeah, moment yeah, there? please. I love this story. <laughs> this is so again, like to the the side of us being like friends, but not like deeply every week catching up, yeah. whatever. So I am touring with Set It Off. And it wasn't even us, like it wasn't even you and I that arranged it. I think it was Dan. But we were coming to LA for one yeah. of the first times, and we didn't have money to stay anywhere. We were like van touring it at that time. And I think it was Dan. One of our guys knew you. And it was like it be Dan or Cody. Dan one or Cody. The, yeah, yeah, one of the two. And they're like, Well, Danny Kay's out there. And I'm like, let's let's text him. Like kind of similar yeah. to the Pete yeah, thing, yeah. right? Like, yo, can we stay with you? Because it's like one of those things too where I feel like, and I, I think Pete actually said that too. Like, you in passing, like you'll say something about, oh, like would love to go to California. And then you go, Well, if you're ever here, like hit me up, like stay at my place. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. sure like that probably happened to like Cody and me yeah, or yeah, like yeah. me and Dan. Like, yeah, if you're ever in LA, like and then the it. one side of it takes it like a like deep vow of a he, promise. He meant where, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other side is like, yeah, like maybe if you ever come through, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. So we text you and we're like, I don't know, we're on in the van, like somewhere in California, like lining up where we're gonna go. And you hit us back and you're like, Yeah, 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 sounds good. And it's when you're living at his back yeah. at Pete Wentz's yeah. back house. And we're in the van and we're like, we're gonna go to Los Angeles, California <laughs> and stay in Beverly Hills yeah. at Pete Wentz's house. Yeah. Set it off. A name is named after a Fallout Boy lyric. Like we're like, this is it. We're this, we've made it. Everything's gonna line up. This is the craziest yeah. thing in the world. And we get there. And I, it feels like a movie thinking back to this moment. Cause again, like you paint the picture, it's like this villa. And yeah. We like go to this back house. And I remember we get there and you're like, yo, what up, dudes? Like, you don't, like, you're just like, yo, hey. <laughs> and we're like, you know, bringing like whatever sleeping bags or whatever. Yeah. Like, we're just like kind of coming in and like we're all so nervous. And I remember going into like your house area and you had a framed Know Your Lifer feature from Alternative yeah. Press. And I was like, this guy. Is so famous, which is kind of like douchey. Now that I think about it, it's like I on don't my own think wall. So it's your, it's put in the office or something. I don't know. And you had a Red Bull fridge. It's true. And I was like, this guy. <laughs> and it was this moment where I was like, this is Hollywood, baby. <laughs> like it was so insane. And you were so nice to us, and we were such an amateur rookie touring band. And I think about that, and I think about the lesson of like. Just those little things you can do for people can mean so much. And you did that. That's and amazing. that is the most full circle. Uh, Dude, I love it. Thank you. I remember like, yeah, you guys like, I I think you got lost. Oh, we certainly did. Like, and you're like, we can't find the house. And um, I was like out and I, w I think I was in like Pete's Range Rover. <laughs> and I like pulled up and I was like, oh, it's like this way. Follow me this way. <laughs> and like, I remember I was like, you guys will have to like park a little bit down the street. Because I was like, I, I like... I didn't run it by like Pete. And thinking about that now, like what a homie you were. Cause like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I was like, we're not going, like, there was a side entrance, all these things. Yeah. Like, it's very, you know, and I, I felt like he would have done the same thing, like in that time, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, just park a little bit up the street. So yep. that way he's not like, who the fuck's van and Trey? Mm -hmm. Like, what van is here? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you guys like brought your air mattresses and mm. uh, I think we hung up by the pool. Dude, it was so crazy. That was like, and that was like our first time coming to LA. Like, I came was, to your show after the next day. Came and to your show. it was like the fact that somebody from all time when Pete once was like, "This is it, boys!" Like, <laughs> it was really cool. And I, I don't know that that lesson, things like that, moments like that. At least on my touring career, I had people that were really douchey and really egotistical, and then I had people like you 
that were like kind of paid it forward and didn't have to be nice when you were nice. And like, even like doing this podcast with you now, I'm like, you're a fucking real one. Oh, thanks, so man. That's cool. I appreciate it. So that's the Pete Wentz saga. That's the Pete Wentz saga. And um, then what happens after that? You you went back to touring? Yeah. So basically I went, I went, um, I went home for Christmas mm-hmm. uh, and um, had like a really good talk with my dad and basically was like, I like, I'm not happy, but I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like this isn't fun anymore. And not that like it always has to be fun. Yeah, but you just felt it. Yeah, there was, like, there was a there. lot more of me like not being happy than there was me being happy. And so I was like, I think I have to like uh, do something. I have to like, I don't know. And so uh, sure enough, like sent an email to, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to leave Pete. I'm going to figure something out. And uh, sent an email to ATL management and basically it was like, hey, like, I'm it's your boy. free now. <laughs> sorry for the lapse or, you know, like, sorry for like the, the extended, uh, leave. Um, would love to, you know, come, you know, work for you guys again, if you'll have me. And, um, they had done some stuff, uh, on, like on that cycle and everything, but like, I, I think a lot of it too, like they were writing a record as well. And so like, there wasn't a ton of touring that I missed. 2011, we got to take out yellow card. That was like they they were on hiatus and they came back and yeah. they, they had like a new record, but then they played all these old hits that I loved. And you're like, oh my God, like this is awesome. We went around the world with them. Wow. So like they became like homies. Yeah. Um, and then 2012 hits and they announced that they'll be on the full, like basically full warp tour. Like headline. Yeah, we get announced that we'll be on the full warp tour oh okay okay uh, yellow card yeah yellow card atl yeah. there were so many good bands on it that year and like it was just like and i think by that time like i felt like i was like a seasoned veteran with warp tour it's like oh i get it i know how it works like going to see my friends um and basically yeah like 2012 was just all warp tour but it was like that one 2012 warp tour was really special because it was like it was big like Lyman was like, yeah, it was like basically as big as like that Fall Out Boy, my chem. Yeah. Like, and it so was you're just like, that. yeah, we were sold out and like you were working for a main stage band. It was just cool. And yeah. like all of your friends, because like you spent so many summers before um, doing it. Um, and then basically, I mean, it just, you know, the cycle continued and, you know, we would do Europe again and Europe started to grow really, you know, faster and faster because I feel like the UK and Europe kind of take a bit more to bands. Yes. US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we were doing larger, you know, Brixton Academies and like these 5,000 cap rooms and everything in Europe. And you're like, holy cow, like, again, like just level up, level up, level up. And uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, but then at the end of, I guess, end of 14, beginning of 15, um, ATL was going back to make a record. Yep. Um, and by that time, like everybody was making like good money and like we'd figured it out. Like, you know, yeah, like, like yeah. you hit your stride. Yeah, I was like, this it is a job dialed. now. Like it's cool. And so basically I was Were like, you living in LA or did you go back to Detroit? I was living in LA. Okay. I went back. When did I come back out here? I've been out here for probably what is it, 20? 
I don't know, almost 10 years. Okay. So you came back and kind of had it figured out more too. Yeah, Not only I, were you dialed yeah, as far so as Yeah, so I had your... friends and I actually, I live with Ryan, uh, Ryan from the band. Yeah. Our friend Gavi in like this cool, like three bedroom uh, apartment in North Hollywood. Um, cool. Because like I was, you know, like making money to be able to afford an apartment in yeah. LA. And like we had a door guy and it was cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so it, like it just was better. You yeah, were in, like, yeah. More I was of a in a much rip. better place. I had all these friends now from like, having been back to LA so many times that yeah. it was just like, oh, this is this is normal now. This is home. It the feels, stride. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. And then uh, they go to record an album 2014, 15? Yeah. And basically I was like, well, I can't go like three or four months without a paycheck. Like, yeah. You know, like I, I haven't structured my finances <laughs> in a way that would provide for that. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I, I have to, uh, I have to work. I have to go out on the road. I didn't really want to like guitar tech. Um, because I had just enjoyed it so much with ATL. It was like, ah, go do it for another band. It might be weird. I don't know. I'd feel that. Um, so kind of put feelers out, talked to everybody that I knew. Um, and basically the, the fan club that ran All Time Low also ran Fall Out Boys. Whoa. And Fall Out Boy had just announced um, the tour with Paramore. Oh. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this could be dope. I mean, Fall Out Boy was already back in cycle. Like, they already had all their dudes. I was like, but maybe. So I hit up the, hit up, um, the rep, uh, and I was like, how do I – do you need somebody for this? And she was like, actually, yeah, we do need a VIP rep for it. Um, I think you'd be great. Like, you already know the Fall Out Boy guys. Like, everything just kind of was like, yes, I am the perfect choice. Um, so basically, like, got on this tour, uh, the Monument Tour. Um, and that was another – box for me because that was a full amphitheater run Good. so we got to do like red rocks and like i mean all you know we played dte which is like the amphitheater in detroit that you go to as a kid and so you're just like this is even more insane and it was like easy work again because it was like vip stuff and then i just got to watch the show um and so that was rad and then it also kind of like Helped re like I'd always been I'd stayed in touch with Pete after yeah. um, everything, but it's just like you so know, you guys were chill. Yeah, we yeah, were cool, yeah. but like he had kids and you know like doing dad stuff. So like we just uh, kind of from going to seeing someone every day yeah. to being like oh like hey whatever. Um, so that just helped like I guess I don't know like us become better friends again. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So that was rad. And then basically it was like ATL still doing record like still doing a record. Um, I need more work. I need stuff. Like, what do I do? Um, so then I got a random phone call uh, that 30 Seconds to Mars needed a guitar tech for Jared. Um, and they're like, do you want to do it? And I was like, not really, but I need the money. They're like, oh, uh, it, this was in like February. Um, they're like, oh, by the way, it's it's a month long and it's basically in Russia in the winter. And I was like, well, I've never been to Russia and I guess it could be cool. It was, wasn't it was not cool. cool. It's not cool. <laughs> it was just a long time to be in like a can't say you didn't give it a try. Yeah, give it a yeah. shot. But it was just like we were playing like all these like weird hockey arenas because that's all that exists in Russia. So then I was like, well, this I gotta figure out something else from this. Like this isn't this, but like it also helped reaffirm that like I was happy with like ATL. For, yeah, like you had. Yeah, I was guys. like, this was cool. Like I got it, and like I tried it in a different capacity with something else, and I was like, mm, doesn't feel as good. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, well, what do I do next? And I was like, I haven't really done a lot of like arena touring. Right. And so I'm just trying to like check boxes at this point. 
to, I don't know, fill a void or fill, do something. Just, yeah. you know. Um, and so uh, I knew someone who was touring with Demi Lovato. Um, and I basically uh, was like, I need, they, they were hiring people for like the VIP thing. Uh, and so that she was like, well, I need like a photographer and someone to help me like run these meet and greets. And I was like, done, like, give it to me. I can do that. I can do that. And so got brought out on that, did like a full cycle with Demi, um, and basically like did the full U S tour as VIP and stuff like that. And, um, I I guess I'm like, I can be good at like, I don't know, making friends with like production people and like, yeah, like decent hang. Yeah. And so (laughs) like, um, so I became friends with like her PM and like, you know, all these other people. And, uh, I remember I was in the production office and just hanging out and, um, the PM goes to me, he's like, Danny, he's like, do you know of any guitar techs? Cause like they were having issues with their guitar tech. Um, and he was like, I'm just so over this. Like we need to find a replacement. Like, let me know. What, like, what do you think? Funny you say that. And I was like, well, weird because before this, VIP sin, like that's all I would do. <laughs> and uh so you'll I, never say. Yeah. So I got brought in to do um to do guitars for her, um, which was cool, but it was also like uh it was like a different level, you know what I mean? And yeah, uh and like, you know, I had known her f- for probably 10 years, like back, you know, met her with all time low, uh, you know, ages ago. But like it was a straight um pop like a level pop tour. You know what I mean? And so it was just like like Loden was at 6 a.m. and like trucks dumped at 6:30. And like it was just a full-on work, you know? Like it was fun. Um, and we had a lot of fun, but also like it was like, oh, like this is like the other side of it, you know, like the less uh family-ish and more like this is a job. Yeah. I go to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and did that for uh a couple years, oh, damn. Um, which worked out well because I actually met my future wife on tour with Demi. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, so that was like the best thing to come out of it mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, but after that, uh, my PM would like. I feel like once you get to that level, uh, PMs kind of like have a team. You know what I mean? And so, like, when they get hired for a different tour, a different artist. Basically, the artist will clean house, and then the new guy brings in all of his people. Yeah. And so he um, basically was like, oh, I just got offered uh, the SIA tour. Would you want to? Uh, he was like, obviously, like, she's a, you know, tracks, and, like, there's not a band. So I don't know what you'll do, but would love to have you as a part of it. Um, and so I was like, Okay. Uh, so I ended up doing dressing rooms for, uh, yeah, for Sia and for the whole tour and like for Sia stuff, like we were carrying like close to a semi's worth of like dressing room stuff. We had dancers and we had PM, TM, security, accounting, like all these things that I would like plan where their rooms were, like do all the signs. But then for Sia's room, like, yeah, we were traveling with like restoration hardware couches <laughs> on like set carts and like, Perfect. you know, white drape, which is like super easy to have clean and like humidifiers and like low voltage lighting. Okay. And so I would just find like the quietest room in the arena and build out this room that I tried to make look exactly the same every day. Tight. Um, and that was like a, I mean, almost like a full year 
of of that. And it, it was cool. Um, and I it was nice because, you know, I seem to do very well, like in close quarters with uh I don't know, like pop star. Like that you it can, seems to like you can a, do it. Yeah, it yeah. seems to be like a vibe that like they're not like weirded out by me. And it's like I kind of do my own thing and mind my own business. Um so by the end of it, like I you know, like knew Sia on a first name basis and she knew me. Um, and I was like, this is cool. Uh, so then, you know, fast forward that tour, um, stops, uh, she's not doing anything for a while. Again, DK needs work. Um, all time lows, like, Hey, we're going back out. Like, do you, should we get the band back together? Uh, and that was when they were doing the, uh, supporting blink. Oh, crazy. On, on the amphitheater run. Um, which was another pop, you know, Blink as Blink a band. Blink was so like, big for all of exactly. us. Exactly. I was like, this is incredible. And we were like support. Um, and so like our set was short and- uh, You're hanging out with yeah, all your hang, best hanging friends. Hanging out with all my best friends. Watching like, Blink-182. Yeah, they treated us like super well, like gave us what we needed. And it was just like a fun, um, like a really fun time. And I guess an era of touring. Yeah. Because by that time, like we were all adults. Like everybody knew like what they liked and didn't like. Yeah. Um, and it was just like a big moving thing. Yeah. Um, so at the end of that, um, I had started to like not feel burnt out, but felt more like if I don't do something different right now, I will tour the rest of my life. Wow. A um, very self-aware. Yeah. Moment. Like almost like a coming to Jesus type thing where it's like, Hey, like this is getting intense. Like this is getting to be a thing, you know, like you've done it for close to 10 years by now. Um, like, what are you going to do? And I, I have, and I think what kind of sparked that was seeing the people on the SIA team that were 15 years older than me, 20 years older than me. And being like, I don't know if I, like, if I, if I want that, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, you know, like I had been in a, you know, I was in a serious relationship. Uh, and so it was like, you know, leaving was harder and harder and to leave for months at a time was even harder. It's like, well, I want to spend time with this person. Like, I don't want to like not see them. Uh, but also it's like, this is all I know. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was like, and, and it, that's not to say that like people that want to tour for the rest of their lives, like that's awesome. Like yeah. if you have like that fire and that passion, do it. Like, yeah. please. Like for me, it was like, I kind of want to have a family and a wife and I eventually want to buy a house and uh, maybe like settle down a bit more. And it was just like doing, being gone for eight months out of the year wasn't effective Yeah. Um, for that. And so um, same thing kind of happened. Basically, uh, ATL was going back to do a record. Um, and I was like, I need to I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, what about real estate? And I was like, that seems kind of fun. Like I love like LA architecture and houses. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, not like touring, but like one-stop shop kind of your own thing, you know, mm-hmm. like you're your own boss. Um, and I was like, I could, I could sell houses. And, and then the idea was like, if you can, you know, sell X amount of dollars, like you can make some serious money yeah in real estate and i was who doesn't want that yeah so i was like i'll start studying for my real estate test and then um you know try to figure it out at the same time um demi's management um was starting their own vip division 
And so they were like, we want you to build this company from like the ground up. And like, if we can go in house with it, we'll make more money. We'll provide jobs for the people that we want to provide jobs for. It just seemed like an easy thing. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like making money. Like I had a, a job that I went into the office every day in West Hollywood and it was fine. Um, it like, it got old real quick, you know? Yeah. Damn. Um, so you had a taste of like office life and you're like, okay. Yeah. That's it was not like, it. it was like a small office, but it was like, I was there every day, like answering emails and like in meetings and stuff like that. And so I was like, I'll, uh, on the side, I'll, I'll work on getting my real estate license. So, um, took the test. The test is just pass or fail. Yeah. Uh, Somehow I passed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I got my license. So I was like, oh, this should be easy. Like, what's next? It was not easy. And it and it, it goes back to that whole proof of concept thing. You know, like nobody wants to say, hey, like, cool, list my million dollar house. But also, how many houses have you sold? Right. Oh, zero. Like, I've never done this before. Yeah. And you're like, this is a million dollar home. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, cool, like I'm going to spend like, you know, clients like I want to spend a million and a half on this house. And I was really good at like finding um, like hot properties or like cool properties and stuff that they vibed with. But like I didn't know anything about the paperwork. I didn't know about inspections or any you – know, like I was totally blind. Yeah, dude. How are you supposed yeah. to? And like- so like the same thing goes, well, how many houses have you like helped with with your transaction? Well, uh, zero. And so it, it needless to say like it just wasn't my thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, And it also – like I was in an office – there as well and it was um like pretty cutthroaty Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and like it just was like too cutthroat for me yeah you know like and i think that's because because like from a touring thing like the main goal is to work together to put on a show and this was like everybody's out for themselves like we'll if i'll steal this client i don't care like whatever so i was like uh well this isn't gonna this isn't gonna work so i kept doing the vip thing and then i was like well Maybe I can like start a business or something, do something else. Like what, what am I good at? And that's when like the whole thought of kind of like what I'm doing now um, with DK Home Management uh, kind of came to be. Yeah. Um, and I just started building while I was at this other other job, I would be building like uh, decks, like mm-hmm. pitch decks and like refining and refining like what it was and what it was supposed to be. Um, and it always came down to that thing still where it was like, well, like what clients do you have? I don't have any clients yet. And so it was it was like that proof of concept thing that was so hard to get over. Yeah. Because nobody wants to hire someone that they don't like believe in. You know totally. what I mean? And so um, Alex from All Time Low had just bought a house out in um, LA. Mm-hmm. And I had moved in there with him actually because he had moved, he had lived in the apartment that I was in. It was mm-hmm. a whole thing. Um, and so, uh, I just started doing stuff for his house. Cool. Right. Oh. Just like pro bono. Like I was, but I was already content. living there and it was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I'll make sure this works or I'll like install this outdoor lighting or whatever, like yeah. figure this out trial by error kind of. Yeah. Um, and so then I was able to say, oh yes, I will. I have, I already have, you know, a, a client clients, whatever. Um, which kind of gave me, um, I guess like just the uh i don't know the ability or the confidence yeah to like go after new clients yeah um and so uh at that time um basically i was like kind of on and off with L- um atl like when they would do stuff i would help them out like holiday stuff 
but really like trying to do like this VIP thing and this other house management idea. Yeah. Um, but still like was making zero dollars from the house management stuff. So then um, I had my pitch deck and basically um, ATL was slotted to go back out on tour in like four months. And so I was over the VIP thing. I was like, I need to leave this, but it's a check for right now. Um, I didn't really want to tour again because uh, I knew that was like I wanted to get out of it. Um, so it was like, okay, like what do we do? So uh, basically figured out their tour routing and like they still had like three or four months off. So I was like, well, I'll give myself three months to get this off the ground. And if it doesn't, I'll just go back on tour and yeah. another year will go by and it'll be fine and I'll make you know money and I can live fine. But like at least I'm – I, this is my window. Like, yeah, this yeah, is my yeah. I love that. So sent out this pitch deck to like everybody. It was like a very like one-stop shop type thing at its initial phase. And the idea being that if you have property and you're traveling, you need somebody to upkeep it. Yeah, it's kind of like – think of it like like a tour manager but for your house. Cool. Um, like, you know, like the same way like if you're an artist, you have a manager that like kind of looks over everything that you do. Like – I do that, but just for your house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of my clients now, like they travel or they tour or they're on set. Yeah. Um, and they have like these great properties, but, uh, you know, a house is like needs a ton of upkeep. Yeah. It's almost like when you're renting, you can call your landlord or you can call your maintenance guy and be like, hey, this. Yep. But if you own a house, where's your that? Like, that's me. Perfect. Yeah. So now like what, what I do is basically I have these, um, you know, clients that I rep. And their houses, and basically, I act as like a liaison uh, between them, like mm -hmm. the client, and then everything else. Yeah. So whether it's like pool guys, maids, staff, contractors, it's kind of funny too because it ties in in this weird, unexpected way with every skill you've learned in touring. Right? Yeah, like one hundred percent. You know how to technically, like, I mean, as a guitar tech, you can fix things. You understand like a hands-on method of working on things. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot you can just do on your own. Yeah. But then you also understand having the network for everything sure. and understanding what a social network is good for, like, yeah. you know, putting those pieces together. Exactly. So as you're explaining this to me, I'm kind of just like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's like, what are you good at? And like, what are you kind of like doing? And I was like, I like houses and I like, you know, working for myself, but also like I still, you know, love to be like in the, um, I don't know, I guess like the aura of something bigger or, yeah. you know, like the next thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. So was doing Alex's stuff. Um, and then basically, uh, one night <laughs> they were having a party and like, it was a late party. It was like two 30. There's music blaring. I was sleeping and now I'm woken up. Music's not going to go down till like 4am. So I was like, well, I'll just get up and see what's up. So I like put on my bathrobe. And I like go downstairs, like take a beer out of the fridge, like go yeah. out, go to the Here pool, like in the pool. They're like, oh my god, dang! Like, mm. yeah. So I'm like sitting down, and like one of the people at the um at the pool I knew, and she goes like, oh my god, I hadn't seen you in a while. And I was like, yeah, like I've just been, you know, really working trying to get my house management company off the ground. And she goes, oh, what's that? And uh, I explained it, and she was like, oh my god, we we need that. Um, and that was Halsey. <laughs> uh, and so basically, uh, you know, her assistant, um, like recognized the need. She was like, you know, we don't know what we're doing. Like, you know, these 20 some year old girls that 
you know, have this cool house, but like we want it to be nice. And and I would also imagine that if you're at that level of celebrity status, like you don't necessarily want to go on like Yelp and nah. be like, yo, I need an electrician. Yeah. Because you don't know who's coming 100%. out. And like, yeah. And even like still like, you know, like uh, I have friends that will be like, hey, like we just had a locksmith um, come over and they said it would be like th- $1,100 to change this lockout. Like, do you think we should do it? And it's like, no. Dude, no. So it was, you know, it's a, a bit of, you know, managing um, what their needs are and stuff. But also it's like anything else where it's like you want your team, you want to be comfortable around your team. And so now like, you know, I've kind of developed these relationships with all these other clients as well now that basically it's like it's okay for me to be in their house. Like they're not, they don't feel threatened. Like they know I'm just there to like work on the thing. They know I'm going to supervise the vendor so like whoever I bring in isn't like just you know roaming around their house. They don't have to deal with it. It's just kind of like this one stop shop. That's brilliant. And like again, you're touring. Like having been out with Sia and Demi Lovato, and you know you understand how to deal with somebody that has some kind of celebrity status. Yeah. You're respectful. You're yeah. not weird. Like it makes so much sense. And the other thing that I like kind of ties in of like the question that I was going to ask you is like. Your story, it seems like there's this theme in it where you clearly are always pushing yourself to accomplish new things. You're always chasing something. But there was also like this theme of like, well, I don't quite know like this. Maybe I'll try this. Like you backed a bunch of really good work. Like anytime you would go out and do an opportunity, you clearly executed it well. People liked you. But you've also kind of been down to try new things and learn new things. And it's this combination of... Hard work, understanding social skills and a network, and then also pushing yourself to kind of navigate this unknown, which leads you now to a spot where all of your strengths have paid off in this really unexpected way. Yeah. And so many of the, like, there's, there's this common theme that I hear in, like, very successful people that I'll talk to where they find that gap. They find that missing piece of, like, oh, like, where, where, where is something not being done well? And you had a lot of trial and error to get there. You got your real estate license. You did all these things. And you were kind of trying to get off the road, but at the same time knew it was there. And then it like all comes together in this beautiful way where the skills tie in and you're like, cool, this is it. And it just clicks. Yeah. And I love that. Because I think it's so easy to see somebody. I mean, now, you know, you if somebody just met you, they'd be like, damn, like you're managing all these celebrities, sure. properties. Like, yeah. you, you have it so figured out. But the story of what it took to get there and all those things coming together is wild, right? Yeah, 100%. And I I think, like, I'll still get, like, DMs or, you know, stuff from um, kids who want a tour. Yes. You know, like, who want to get into touring. And they say, how do I do it? Yeah. Like, how do, like, what can, you know, and, and. I kind of say the same answer now, you know, and it's like, if you really want to tour, tour, you know what Mm. I mean? Or, or, you know, like you need to, if, if that isn't an option, then you need to, you know, start working at a venue or like do the, you know, like you need to put in so much more effort than you think it's going to take. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I feel in your story is there are moments of uncertainty where you're like, I don't know how to get here. This seems cool. But then, like, you were showing up at Clutch Cargo's loading gear. Yeah, just, you you sent the second email. You did the second call with uh, Rocket Summer where you're like, no, no, no. I need to come out yeah. on this. Like, yeah, maybe you didn't fully know, but you were, like, very persistent. Sure. 
And then you also backed it with a good product. You were a good hang. Like yeah. all of these pieces that anytime you were uncertain, you had skills to back it and you did something about it, yeah. right? Like it wasn't just manifestation into the air. No, no but, but I think like the manifestation thing is like real. I agree. Because I think that um, that affects your mindset yeah. so much. Yeah. If you're willing, you know, and I, universe, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's uh, hard not to sound yeah, cheesy because yeah. I'm here for it, but I'm <laughs> yeah. not trying to be a hippie about it. No, but it's like, it's basically like if you think about something hard enough, uh, I think it's like your actions start to go towards that and you're working towards that goal. Yeah. And so eventually like things start to align. It feels like that with you. Right. And I don't think it's because of like, I don't think it really, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of luck, like right place, right time. Like I was at that party and like that, all those things. But also it's like you're putting in so much work and effort that like something will happen from it. Yeah, right. Like cool you were at that party, but had you not put in all the other work, had you not tried right. to make those decks and yeah, yeah. real estate, like you wouldn't – that. what would that conversation yeah. have been? Like, oh, cool. Been, like, ready Are you going point? out? When's exactly. your next tour? Like that's yeah, all. 100%. And that's crazy to me. And I, I guess like that's – I. It's hard for me because I, I could go on an episode like this forever and get into that, but maybe even we come back and specifically talk more on that. Sure. But I guess it is kind of that question of if somebody is listening to this and they relate to your story of like being down to kind of pivot around and having tried so many things and kind of having that idea of what you want to do, yeah. not knowing how to connect those pieces, but like knowing that like chasing that, right? Yeah. Like knowing there's something there, yeah. knowing that you have a skill. What is your advice? And maybe, or maybe if you'd even give it like advice to yourself when those times were a little more uncertain. Sure. Um, a big thing that really helped me and like does kind of sound cheesy, but I made a vision board. Dude. Um, yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, of uh, last year actually. And that's when like the the home management company kind of started to, take off. I went from like two to seven clients in a year. Um, and I had said I wanted eight was my goal. Yeah. And then, uh, literally on like December 20th, like the eighth showed up and like dropped into my email and be like, Hey, like we noticed like you're doing this. It came as a referral from so-and-so. And I was like, there we go. Um, but yeah, like vision board was a big thing. Like, cause explain that, explain, cause that can sound cheesy. So sure. Like listening to a yeah. podcast, you're like, okay. So, like, um, what I broke, was that I broke it up in a couple different ways. I kind of, but I broke it down to like my next year goal, like mm -hmm. goals, you mm -hmm. know, like 2019 goals. And then there was like a five-year goal and there's a 10-year goal. And from a, from somebody who like, doesn't really do that, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't really know what to do. Um, but it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you. You know what I mean? And so, like, one of the goals is, like, I want, like, a 23-foot super aeronautique ski boat. And it was just, like, well, that's kind of dumb. Well, yeah, it's dumb to you. Like, I want a boat. Yeah. Um, and, like, one of the other things was, like, I want to make, you know, X amount of dollars a year. Yeah. I want to sign this many new clients. Yeah. Uh, I want, like, to sign, um, you know, have, like, a couple people that work for me. Like, mm -hmm. develop a team. I only want to fly business class, like all those things. And like nothing is stupid if you don't think it's stupid. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah. So like go, go at it because like you know, as far as I know, like we only get one shot at life, this, you know? So it's like take it for everything. 
I love yeah. that. And I also think like on that line, like nothing is stupid unless you think it's stupid. But like when you're putting that together, nobody has to see it. No. Like mine, you don't have to be my shy. Closet, like in my closet, or, like next to all these long sleeve shirts. And like every day when I would like get dressed, I would see it and be like, let's go. Did, was it actual pictures though? Yep. Just, yeah. I, like I did it in like um, like an Apple paint mm-hmm. and like dragged in photos. Yeah. Like almost like an old school collage. Yeah. But like with 100%. A, yeah. And just printed it out and like stuck it in the closet. Um, but having something that, you know, like your 19 goals or whatever year, you know, you're working on and, uh, just working towards those things. I think, you know, a constant reminder because like you're working, I'm working so hard in these like next two years, right? Like right now, like 60, 80 hour weeks, whatever, but I'm not doing it for this year. Like I'm doing it for the five year goal. I'm doing it for the 10 year goal. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing it for like the house that I want to buy in Nashville eventually. Like we had put a house, um, we bought a house uh, fall of last year and that was on the uh, the five-year goal. And it was just like things happened and things opened up. So we were able to like get it way sooner. And, you know, the ability to, to say, you know, hey, I bought a home in LA was like a giant thing for me. That's insane. I, just, I mean, I, and not even like LA, but you know, wherever you are, like yeah. a house is a giant, per- like a very adult purchase. Yeah. Um, but it was like something that we wanted to go after. And so just to, you know, I think take those things and to work towards them and to make them a reality is incredible. Mm-hmm. But I think you also have to know that nobody is really going to want to help you. Like that's a giant thing that um, when I first was starting house management stuff, I was like, oh, this will be easy. I have all these friends. Yeah. And it's like, no, like it, like everyone's busy. Everyone has lives. And like, yeah, like. It's like, not an offense to no, you thing. No, not at all. And also like nobody's going to love your shit as much as you love your shit. And so like as long as like you're gung-ho about it and are stoked to work hard on it, like things will happen that are supposed to happen. But it, I think it takes like a lot of like, you know, trudging through like the mud and stuff to like figure it out. And I think, you know, not to like get all like internet and, you know, new age, but, um, we just live in that area that like, doesn't always show that part. It's like a highlight reel, you know, it's Dude, like, this I, is me on a jet. I mean, I love cool. that you're saying that right now because that that's the point of this podcast, right? Is yeah. like, that's why I like to take the time to break somebody's story down and understand from day one. Sure. Now it's like, yeah, cool. We see the highlight yeah. reel. We see the people where it's like, damn, must be nice. Yeah. But all of those people come from these backgrounds that you might not even expect yeah. that have put so many years in and had to figure it out. Yeah. My friend's dad um, really helped me uh, with just kind of like some just advice when I was um, just starting out and I was, you know, I was talking to him and um, I was like, I don't know what's going, you know, like I, I go to work after work, like I, you know, I do, um, you know, work on my deck or work on my pitch stuff, try to reach out, send emails, whatever. It's just, it's not working, you know? And he, he basically was just like, no, you're just not working hard enough. And he was like, he's like, you know, fuck your nine to five job. He was like, come in at seven o'clock in the morning, work until three. And then you have two extra hours to do house stuff. And he's like, you're just not like, you expect it to be so A plus B equals C, but it's like, no, like you need to work twice as hard as, you know, the next person, because it's like, if you, you just need to work harder. And I think that's like the big thing that 
people are scared about. Like they're like, well, I don't work weekends. And it's like, well, if you want it badly enough, you'll work all every weekend. Dude, you just said that in such a beautiful way of like, it's not working. No, you're not working. Yeah. And, And once he said that, I was like, shit. I was like, he's totally right. Like I was expecting, like you can't, like expect the results that you want when you're already not putting in enough work to begin with. And that, like the the thought of how much work it is, I think at any level is like this brutal reality or it can be this brutal reality of like you think you're willing to put the work in and then as you get into it and you know, it's like, you cool, you're going to do real estate. Yeah. And it's like, are you? Yeah, like, yeah, 100%. And then it's like cool property management and you think all your friends are going to hook it up and it's going to be so easy yeah. you know all these people and then it's like, oh, fuck, like they're here for yeah, you, but like they don't care. Right. Like they have their own shit to sure. do. So it's like at that point, that I think is the hardest point. I think being in a spot where you do have your network and you're out here in LA and you're like in it and you're like, I got this. Yeah. And you're grown and you know, you've had some amount of success and then the universe checks you and it's like, do you? Yeah. That's a crazy spot. And I think and it's that, like that, that false sense of security too. You know, you're like, things are great. Like I have this job, I'm working on the side thing. Things will figure them, like it'll work out. And it's like, well, maybe, like, but if you want to fast track it, like, double down on yourself, you know, like, put in the work, figure it out. And then, like, yeah, like, you'll have a much better chance of succeeding with whatever you want to do, whether it's music, whether it's touring, if you're willing to go, like, all in on it. Bro, (laughs) my guy. That's such a beautiful, I love that. And I feel like that's a great spot to leave this, like, as I progress with this podcast, I love telling people stories, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's so fun, but I feel like there's going to be another chapter of like cool in the moment and like actionable things, right? Because you only have so much time in sure. an episode and people's commutes are only so long, no matter <laughs> I the mean, track. At, I mean, uh, LA, you got to Yeah, hours yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a good LA one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you you made it to Maybe work by now. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like that'd be a lot of fun to even come back to it with you and talk about some more of that like hands-on practical things that you've dude, done. I would love it. Yeah. I would love it. And like, dude, thank you for all of this too. And uh, listeners, please let us know too. Like if there's parts that you want Danny to talk more about yeah. or what you loved, like I, I'm always trying to work harder on this yeah. to give people more of the stuff that they want to hear. Sure. But at least but on also, my like, side. You're, I think it's like, while like the stories and everything like that is cool, like you're doing like a, you know, like I would have loved something like this yeah. when I was like 20. Yeah. You know, to be like, I want to do this, but I don't have any, and not saying that like by listening to this podcast, all of a sudden, like everyone's going to be super successful that wants to like, go <laughs> into music or whatever. Like I get it. But just to have, I think some sort of um, idea that this dude ended up okay yeah. And like came up from like the, the van life and now like has this whole separate thing that it evolved to. It's like I can I can do something like Just that. Just to see it. Yeah. If he can do it, I can do it yeah. too. Like to see those examples. That's exactly yeah. it, dude. And I also try to think about like for me right now, I'm a little bit obsessed with like the I would love to talk to you just about property management and yeah. all of that. But I think that thinking back to the younger version of myself, I want to hear those stories on tour. Sure. And I want to hear the like, oh my God, I made it to a bus. Cause like, yeah. that's the magic. So I try to balance those Did two. It. And I'm still trying Love to figure it. that out. But that I had a feeling about you and it was <laughs> so dead well, on. It was such down. a good story. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks for having uh, me on. Yes. It.